Aggie, yeah. do you have a driver's license? I do. Do you drive? Like, do you know how to drive? I do. Why? I was, just, I don't know. It just popped into my head because I was like, oh, I'm driving home to get to the pod. Ha ha. Aggie doesn't have to drive. Like, she doesn't, she's in the city. I, the Does she know how? I do know how. I do possess the skills. <laughs> So let me, I'm just going to go left to right in this little cast photo we have here and say who we have on, on the show. So we have Marcus. Hey. What? Hey, are oh, you do you want to do like an actual you're hi? You're the host escape. now, I believe. <laughs> like, oh, are you going to do a little. Would you like me to say hi, this is Escaping Reality. Welcome back. Okay. I feel like they know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. This is the most chaotic we've ever been. So here, I'll give a quick little intro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy end of the year to Anna since she is not starting her new year until February. Um, happy 2024. We're back, baby. Um, Stacy wouldn't let us do a weekly pod. <laughs> I was also in support. Oh, no. Neither would Anna. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's fine. So we're here to talk about the traders season two, which if you're not watching, pause this and go catch up because it is getting juicy. We're here to recap trader season two. We're not as cool as drop your buffs. We can't do it every week. January has taken a lot out of us. And I think February might as well. So we're trying to do about every five episodes. But if something really exciting happens between episodes five and 10, you might see us back for a like little recap in the middle somewhere. But we're doing one through five today. Next, we'll do six through 10. And then we'll do whatever episode 11 is. So it could be a season wrap up. It could be a reunion. We're not totally sure where that's going. So stay tuned. We will be posting about it on the social meds, et cetera. With that, we're going to get into Trader Season 2. We're all very lit. I literally just watched Episode 5. So let's quickly talk about initial thoughts. And then we'll jump back in time to when Trader Season 2 was announced. Stacy, do you want to go first? Okay. I was very excited about season two even yeah back when it was announced and then when it uh, the first three episodes dropped and so far I'm loving it I was just telling these two I think it's the only good television on right now <laughs> like I wish it came on earlier in the week because <laughs> I feel like I'm waiting till Thursday to watch this not that I really have time earlier in the week but I would make time <laughs> because I love this show. The characters, they're just, it's so much better just having all these reality stars and Sandra's back, Parv. I mean, there's just oh, great people. So just like last season, I really don't care about the challenges at all. I pretty much check out, <laughs> which I know Aggie probably watches them in detail. I check out. Like I'm just here for the round table and then the breakfast the, the morning after. And it just... So many great quotes have happened and great moments. So I'm loving it. And I'm excited for the next few episodes, especially with uh, Kate joining as well. So gag of the century. Anna, you're up next. Oh my God, I have so many things to say. And I'm like, I don't know what we're going to get into. Like even just saying like Kate's coming and I was like, I didn't think it would be Kate. I'm so glad it's Kate. I thought it would be someone from Vanderpump. If it wasn't. And I was like truly shocked. Um, This show's great. The show is so good. I so appreciate that this isn't like the traders celebrity version and that the show just at its core has this like massive crossover of all these people from different franchises. Where would we be without Bravo as an entity? But also I think it speaks to the casting that Bravo does for their shows that like 
all of these people are so strong on TV, but they're better in this context than they are on the Bravo show dynamics where they just like ply them with alcohol and have them have the same conversation over and over again. Like their talents are wasted on Bravo, quite honestly. And their talents here, supreme, superb, stirring the pot at every appropriate moment and the inappropriate moments. So like just God bless them for finally getting to really stretch their legs in a show like this and not on Bravo. That being said, I forgot how like stretched out some parts of this show are. I think I was texting in the group after I watched the first couple episodes and like just the overdramatic drawing out of like, they just build almost so much tension that then the tension goes away. Like when they're all coming in at breakfast and it's so slow. Like I would like for them to pick up the pace just a tad in that respect, but like I'm still gripped. I want to see what happens. I'm shocked sometimes by what happens. I like a couple of the new elements that we've seen so far this season. I do like the challenges, but I'm eager to see because last season they got to the final challenge and then it was just like, hey, however much money is left, you can win it in this challenge, which kind of negated the point of earning money in the challenges and potentially not getting the total prize at the end. So I'm eager to see if that happens again this season or if they correct that. And like, maybe they don't have the full pot of money as the prize because they didn't earn it in the challenges. So I'm going to sort of reserve judgment on that until we see how it concludes. But the last thing I'll say is overall is just the commitment to the aesthetic, the glam, the fashion, the theming, the Scottish Highlands, like the tartan of it all just never fails to impress me. And it makes watching it honestly all the more pleasant and i hate all the men so there we go (laughs) i turned a corner on two of them um but i don't most of them are also dead now so like it's fine it's a woman's show sorry honestly only cast women going forward and peter which is something i never thought i'd say anyway we'll come back (laughs) um so anna something you said about casting that i think needs to be emphasized even more you said it says something about bravo's casting that they're even better in this i would argue that whoever is doing i think they won an emmy for casting for season one like because on peak traders did yeah traders won an emmy for their casting of season one whoever that person is and i will look it up in a second they get it bergy is not someone i would have thought would pop on screen yet he is low-key kind of compelling when he has a thought that is relevant to the game and I was like I don't know how they picked you out of Love Island to be the guy I was like I don't know how they found it Kevin from Bling Empire like is he good at the game no but is he fun to watch yes so someone in that casting office knows what they're doing sorry I just looked it up there's four different people who are credited with the award for casting but one of them is jazzy collins who i follow on instagram who's jazzy collins she's just a casting agent director person she does casting and i I don't know why i follow her on instagram but i do so see those shout out jazzy who are they jazzy collins and who are the other three jazzy collins aaron tomasello tomaseo maybe moira paris and holly osifat i hope i'm saying those names correctly all women it sounds like that we said what we said. We said what we said. But here's the thing. I'm assuming they stayed on because if you're winning an Emmy, they're probably like, you guys, or you were nominated for an Emmy. So you guys knew what you were doing the first time. I would hope so. Yeah. I just think the dynamics are right. Who would think to bring a ex-speaker of the House of Commons on? But like, <laughs> it was the right call. There's maybe one or two where I'm like, I wish you were a little bit more interesting. But 
every cast has to have fillers. And in a show where you have to have like 8 million people on it just to start so that you have enough people to kill off and murder as traitors, like you just have to start with like 24 people because otherwise like you, you, you don't have enough people to play the game. So I think, yeah, you're going to have a few filler, but I would argue that like two or three of them were maybe filler. And then they got rid of who some of the people who I was really excited to watch, cough Johnny Bananas first, and other people, I don't miss him. Other people have filled in. So like that to me shows it was good casting from the jump. Uh, Peppermint, the fact that she was gone second, I was upset, but other people have risen up. So I just, for me, I think casting is the reason this show works. I think if we were doing anything less than what we were doing, it wouldn't work. And I think it works because everyone is committed to the bit, including Alan and first and foremost, Alan. So good in so many different ways. There was one other thought I had. I have lost it. So we're moving on. And if I remember it, we'll come back. Okay, let's talk cast. We'll talk in a second who we were really excited to see um, and who we, we were like on the fence about. And then we'll get into just quickly recapping episodes one through five. So I, this is a lot of names. If you want to boot scoot for 45 seconds, I'm sure I'll be done in 45 seconds. Okay, here we go. Trader season two cast. We've got Larsa and her boyfriend, Marcus Jordan, which is weird, right? Isn't she Scotty Pippen's ex-wife? Yeah. And now she's dating his ex-teammate's son. That's weird. Anyway, so regardless, you have Larsa and Marcus. You have Sandra from Survivor. You have Dan from Big Brother. Janelle from Big Brother. Kevin from Bling Empire, which I looked up and thought it was a fake show. You have MJ from Shaws of Sunset. You have Peppermint from Drag Race and Real Ones Know, her cameo in America's Next Top Model. Trishelle from The Challenge, which shout out Trishelle for making it in this cast list. Don't have no idea who you are. Um, Bergie from Love Island. Ekin Sue from Love Island UK. Johnny Bananas from The Challenge. John, who is the ex-speaker of the House of Commons in the UK. Max from Dancing with the Stars. Tamara, who's a real housewife. Sheree, who's a real housewife. Phaedra, who's a real housewife. CT, who's from The Challenge. Oh, no, the guy who quit. I was doing uh, so Deontay well. Wilder. Deontay? Deontay. Deontay. Thank you. Who is a... He's a Tuscaloosa native? Or... Yeah, I think native. Did he quit? Stacey, he's yours. Yeah, he quit. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to it, yeah, Anna, because... Yeah, we'll, that. Come back. we'll come back. <laughs> so Deontay, he's a UFC boxer, something like that. And Harvey from The Challenge. I also forgot to mention that Larsa technically is a housewife of Miami. Marcus's claim to fame is that he's Michael Jordan's son. So Nepo babies rise up. Um, okay, so that is our cast. And then in episode five, our girl's back. Hey, Kate Chastain. So excited you're here, girlfriend. But also, can we talk about how I think she was just invited because Alan missed her? Like, we'll get to it <laughs> in when we get into our recap. Anyway, so you, did, really- you said Peter too, right? oh no it's a Freudian slip I skipped him but Peter from The Bachelor sorry so sorry also you said Parvati was from the challenge but obviously everyone who's listening knows that that's not true (laughs) but that's so embarrassing did I say the challenge in my heart of hearts I said survivor you were just reading 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 in my mind I said Parvati from the survivor but you know what drag me it's okay I I know you know what you meant and I know everyone listening knows what you meant so like it's fine thank you thank you okay who are we excited to see? Like, who, when we read the list, were we like, this person? I can't wait to watch them play this game. Other than Parvati, obviously. Sandra. <laughs> Sandra. Is she living up to her potential, though? 
her quotes are living up to her potential. The gameplay, no. But the gameplay, her, the running, the braces, that's saying, not living up to her potential. Her saying, I thought Larsa was at least 10 to 12 years older than me, or whatever she said. Like the little moments, <laughs> that is what she's giving. But no, her, I was excited for Tamara, because I have seen some of the Real Housewives of OC. And then Phaedra, Sheree. And Johnny Bananas. I would say those are the ones I was like most. And then Dan, I just have heard that he was great at Big Brother. I never saw his seasons, but everyone was so excited about him. So those were mine. Yeah, I think honestly, I was really excited about Parvati. And I think I was shocked and also kind of excited about Max from Dancing with the Stars. Because so no one watches Dancing with the Stars except for me and the like 85 year old people at home who vote like and I've now made Nick and Steve and Caleb all watch every week because that's who I am as a person Max first off he comes from a competition show that is in no way based in anything about the pros on this show like the fact that he was able to like rise up out of that group for them to be like you're villainous enough to be on this like and here's the thing he got a villainous rep purely because he was like pretty intense as a coach of celebrities as dancers. Like I just never would have thought to pick Matt. Like he, I was like, he doesn't do anything. And then when Kirstie Alley won with him and she was like, he's not very nice. Everyone's like, yeah, but you won. So like he did his job, which was to teach you how to dance. Well, like, I, I just don't know how he ended up there, but I was pleasantly surprised. And honestly, I was so excited for CT and Bananas. Like I was like, I need them to like get in a fight. I need them to like be old school challengers. And then Bananas went home first. So that didn't get to come to fruition. But CT is living up to his potential because he is a dodo bird in amongst this game. And I love it. He's so silly and so stupid. And I'm like, I'm obsessed with you. No one can ever really think he's a traitor because he's too dumb. And Janelle is like constantly was constantly like, it's CT, it's CT. And I was like, you can't fake that kind of stupid girlfriend. You have to realize, you have to realize that this is not a game. His whole way to win on the challenge is to just be strong. You can't think it's strategic in the slightest. Johnny Banana, strategic. CT, just there <laughs> as muscle. Anyway, Anna, who were you excited about? Oh, man. um, Poverty, obviously. obviously. Similar to Stacey, Tamara and Phaedra, like... They go away. Like, I don't watch the housewives anymore. Are they still on the housewives? Ph- Phaedra said she's on married to medicine now. Yeah. So, like, we're she's switching franchises. But what I know them from is housewives. And the fact that they're still kicking over on Bravo, good for them, honestly. Excellent TV. They're so good. Um, and then honestly, I didn't know who any of them were, but like the guy from the House of Commons, excellent pick amazing random we love it and the two people from love island uk and us respectively but like are they living up to their p- possible potential like maybe bergy but but i think the yep. the idea behind bringing on people from love island i think is smart because at the end of the day they're playing a game where you're trying to get people to like you maybe you're manipulating them maybe you're not will the world ever know no only you'll know only did you not you didn't watch the most recent love island i guess right oh, okay. was he on it bergy was on the most recent one and he it, it was like a joke almost that he was on it because he was like it was like he's never seen a girl before <laughs> like he didn't yeah you know, he like kiss he like didn't he was so uncomfortable he and gives he, that vibe he like went home first and then like they brought him back the next day and everyone was like 
oh, you're back. But the funniest part is he is still with the girl he ended up with on it. Aw, he gives that vibe. (laughs) So weird. I like like the thought behind using that franchise (laughs) here. We should mine it more often. The challenge does. The challenge uses people from Love Island. And honestly, yeah, because they're hot. The challenge likes hot people. Anyway, so that's our cast for season two. It's been a wild ride and it's been a lot of fun so far. So I'm excited to see where this is going. Okay, so we've talked about the cast. Now let's quickly jump into our recap of episodes one through five. Here's the plan. We're going to talk about episode one through three chunk because it kind of plays as one episode because you have to set up a lot of stuff. We only had like one banishment and one murder, I feel like, in that whole three episodes. Um, and then a new format of murder in plain sight to be introduced. So we'll talk about that as a chunk. Then we'll talk about episode four and episode five. So let's talk about episodes one through three. We were all so lit that we were back. Alan comes out looking the best he's ever looked. And I say that with a lot of love because that man looks great. He had a drum line. It was a whole thing. It was fabulous. So then little new sparkle to the show. We see Alan interview everybody and sort of be like, Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a trader? Do you not? Like, what's your vibe? Um, Alan comes in. He picks the traders, which same as last time. Except he only chose two. So. Yes. Yes. So he comes in, picks the traders, only two. I wrote that exclamation point question mark in my notes. And so then we find out that they're going to pick or recruit. Like, instead of doing it halfway through the season, first night, they have to recruit a new trader. And kill someone. There is a challenge in that episode. They introduced that to get shields. Is this the same or is or different from season one? I couldn't it remember. It was the same. I think it was less frequent. Like it seems like there's been a shield hidden in every challenge so far. Where it's like you can either deviate from the challenge, go get the shield. Or, you know, do the challenge and you have a better chance of winning the money. Whereas last year... I think it was less announced and also less frequent. Oh, wasn't it also like a game of chance? Like you got the opportunity to get a shield from the mission and then you had to go in and pick a box and Ari kept getting it every time? Possibly, yes. Stacey's nodding her head, yes. Yeah, I do remember Ari getting lucky somehow. Yeah, so. it, was like luck, it was kind of luck-based. Wow, I don't remember, but let me see if it's in there. Oh yeah, no, you could like get the chance to go into the room- with the shields and then if you picked the right one you got a shield yeah it was much it was much yeah it was like a bonus and only on some challenges i'm looking back at some of our notes and then yeah you could not it was like three people got the opportunity to get a shield and only one of them went home with it whereas here it's like you potentially are putting money that you could win on the line by choosing to go for a shield instead so that's like a new element that alan is like throwing out to us mid-challenge do you want me to tell you what the challenge was in episode one? They had to make the shield again. They had to like swim and get the pieces and make a shield and then like set it on fire. And they barely made it. That was the challenge in episode one. It ends on who are we going to pick as the third trader? Open episode two. <laughs> they were thinking about Larsa, Parvati, Sandra, or Janelle. So they had four women because... Again, that was the right call. Um, they had four women that they were choosing from. Dun, 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 dun. It's Parv. So exciting. And Phaedra and Dan also in that meeting decided to murder bananas. Great. So they were like, what's going to throw people off? Let's murder bananas. And then they 
have another mission. It's not super important what it is, but I can tell you what it was. They have to get to the field of gold. The way these challenges are explained, it takes Alan like 45 minutes to explain what is going on. But it's, they're basically like um, questions that you filled out a questionnaire about your castmates, who's the most trustworthy, whatever. You pick up this like scary scarecrow, you like burn it or whatever to be like, this is right. It has like a key. It's like a whole thing. But basically like you learn things about other people on the team and then they get to the scarecrows at the end. So you have to do these like three little mini challenges and then you get to the end and you're ripping the scarecrows open, trying to either get a shield or money and give it to Alan at too complex. I said, too many phases. Like, why are there so many phases? And to the point where like, I'm asking for phases in Survivor here. I don't want them because Alan doesn't do a good job of explaining them. And the reward is so minimal compared to the amount of time we spent explaining it. Fully. It's like, wow, you made $2,500 for your pot. It's okay. <laughs> so silly. We have our first round table, which we can get into some this round table in a second. But long story short, Peppermint goes home because Trishel decides that Peppermint contradicted herself and... It, whatever she said wasn't true. Deontay cries a lot about how he feels bad that we just sent Peppermint home. And then Anna, the next morning at breakfast, Alan says he quit. No, wait, no. Because I just rewatched it. Deontay is crying when he calls out Max and finds out Max. Oh, was sorry. In- yeah. Because I asked Aggie. I was he cries like, in episode one okay. and then he cries in episode two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He he quits after episode three, right, Stacey? Yeah, or I said it wrong. He cries at the end of episode two because he's sad that he pointed out Max and like he's starting to feel like it's a little bit too mean. Mean. And then when Max goes home and is a faithful in the next episode, because Deontay (laughs) makes the whole thing that Max is a traitor, Deontay, that's too much for him. And he decides to take himself out of the game. But Alan, the way I didn't even notice he was gone, I didn't either until the second. I literally said it to Stacey and she's like, no, he didn't. And I was like, he's not there anymore. And Alan specifically said he quit, but he says not- such an offhand comment. He's like, Deontay has chosen to take him, take himself out of the it's game. Like, he says that. And then he's like, and Ekin Sue doesn't know yet. She's been poisoned. So it's all just like, you're more focused on Ekin Sue. Okay. But yeah. yeah. But he doesn't. The yeah. Way like- that I, thought, I just missed something. And like, he got banished no. or murdered. <laughs> But no, that's no, 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 no. The, the wow. reason I asked Aggie is because I was watching Lauren Ashley Beck's TikTok about that episode. And at the very, very, very end, she's like, and where was Deontay? And I was like, where was Deontay? And then Aggie was like, he was, he left. Yeah, she was like, Lauren brought him up. And I was like, Lauren wasn't watching the episode. Alan said he left. Like, what do you mean? Why is Lauren asking about Deontay? I'm like, it's Alan so easy to not pay attention to left. what's happening on this show, though. Well, okay. It is such a throwaway comment. And then you had to be watching the screen. If you were on your phone at all, you would have missed it because he ADR'd it. You're not looking at Alan. You are looking at Deontay's X'd out photo. And Alan says it as ADR. Mm. So I think if you, if, and it's only like eight seconds. So if you literally like were on your phone or doing something. Which I was. (laughs) You weren't going to miss, you were going to miss it. It is unclear. Okay. Sorry. My notes are out of order, which is why I'm getting confused. But basically we send home Peppermint. And the end reveal is Parvati has chosen to be a traitor and she goes to the room and then she's like, oh my gosh, it's you and D- it's Dan and Pedro. What is going on? Like she didn't suspect them, which is good. And that's where it ends. Then basically I have- Can I just say, I've really missed people calling her poverty. It's poverty, nice to hear it again. 
it's back. It's, it's back. back. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> She's back, girly pop. Um, you guys, poverty is so back. She's so back. <laughs> Can I really quickly just show you my notes for episode three? This is all I wrote. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Who did part poison murder in plain sight? Uh-huh. Like, I didn't take any notes. So if anyone remembers what happens before this in episode three, I don't know. I feel like I need to get on the Trader's Wiki. Here's the thing about this show is that when they're not doing a mission and it's not round table or like the turret discussions where they're murdering someone, it is just pure like reality show where they're just talking and you're showing people talking. And that's where I start to tune out. Which I think is totally reasonable. Like, it's yeah. a lot of people just having side conversations with their little cliques being like, so what do you think? And then no one says anything worthwhile. Like, sometimes they'll be like, oh, I'm targeting this person. And you're like, okay, so it's going to be down to the two people they mentioned at the round table. They're just, like, setting up the episode. Mm-hmm. And I find it just a, a tad bit boring. I'm sure that more happened in the beginning of this episode. But, like, like they were probably talking about... Who do we think they recruited? Or yeah. like, no, so and so is gone. Yeah, it was probably this person. Because why would they do that? Like, it's a lot of that. And because we already know what happened and why it happened, it's not interesting to listen to them speculate until they're at the round table. Yeah. Yeah. Just for context, though, in episode three, the challenge they have to do is the one in the graveyard where the light is like going back and forth, and if you get caught, the uh, light has to replace yeah. you. Which I was cool, but also kind of like. Again, it took Alan 45 minutes to explain it. And I was like, it's the middle of the night. Just let them play the game. I'm over this. Um, My only takeaway from that one is just like, that was the start of Bergy being like relevant. (laughs) And strategic. He was like, guys, there's a pattern. And everyone was like, Bergy, you're an idiot. And he was like, if you would just listen, I'm not. And I think at some point CT was like, oh, just listen to him. He knows what we're doing. That is CT's only job in this whole show is to be like, go listen to someone else that person's right go listen to them and honestly he's playing his part perfectly um and then they do have a banishment and they banish max which is where (laughs) poor sweet Deontay is like you know what i just can't do it it's giving andy vibes from season one but like he quit instead of making it to the end and then being like we've done such a good job and then sari took all their money (laughs) but also with that episode yeah, and that like because again, I really just focus on the round tables. But someone was start was it MJ or someone was like starting to pick up multiple people were saying Dan is way too quiet. Like he got this far and then they were like, he never has an opinion. He never like he literally is just there. Um, and so someone like does mention his name, right? But then Deontay is like, Well, I think he's just introverted and the, but he's at least been consistent. But Max has changed. And Max is like, what? And then Sandra's like, yeah, Max was laughing during the peppermint thing. The housewives were team Dan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Larsa and Tamra were like, it's Uh, Dan. Housewives are the first ones to be like, you're not being loud enough. (laughs) You set the bar quite high, ladies. (laughs) But I just thought, I just find it so interesting that like so early on, especially because and i don't know that much about dan but people say i think he won twice didn't he win i think Hmm. he won twice so i'm just like i don't think he's playing that (laughs) well if all these people are catching him or like it was an interesting point to bring up in episode three like larsa and mj and them for kind of being like it's a little weird that you don't say anything it's a little weird that you're really quiet and I understand him being able to play it off in the first like three episodes, which is really only two round tables of him being like, I just haven't gotten a read on everybody. I'm kind of chill. I'm kind of quiet. But the fact that in episode five, he still won't give a name. I'm like, 
my God, you have to know. And I know Parvati, I'm jumping ahead. And I know Parvati basically in the tower is like, and Phaedra too, which is like hilarious. Cause I'm like, maybe put Phaedra in the big brother house. Like maybe she would do well on competition reality shows, but she was just like, do you have a name? And then they're both sitting there. Like, what is the name you're going to say? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, he says, I'm going to sleep on it. I'll let you know tomorrow. And they're like, like, you're doing it to us too. Like, also, side note, I think they need to be worried. I think he's going to throw one of their names out because he is going to be so under the gun in the next episode. And I think Phaedra and Parv, I do think they've squashed their beef from episode four, but I think they need to kind of come together and be like, we got to vote Dan. We got to vote him off the island and we got to make people believe it because he's going to throw one of our names out. But regardless, so in those three episodes, that's a lot to take in. We've had some Crazy new additions from Alan. We've recruited a trader. We have two tra- we had two traders. We've recruited a third. So we've killed bananas mm-hmm. and Marcus. And at the end of episode three, they say, like, go get a special chalice. You don't get to murder in the tower. You have to get someone to drink from the chalice. And Parvati takes the reins there. Cause in her own words, she says, I am cool as a cucumber. I am so chill. I know exactly what I need to do. Phaedra cannot be bothered to be a part of it. And Dan basically helped her find the chalice and then said, girl, you got it. Go forth. Um, And then we end on who did Parv murder. Like that is sort of the end of the road. But there's been some new changes. We have murder in plain sight, which is a big one. We have shields available at almost every challenge. Like there are big changes to this game. So maybe that's where we start. Like, what are we thinking about season two? Do we like the changes? Do we have anything that just like came up in those first three episodes that we were like, what the heck is happening I love the chalice, not the chalice itself, but the idea that, okay, you, A, as a trader, have the opportunity to do something outside of your designated time. So like, woohoo, they still got to murder someone like it wasn't instead of, it was in addition to. And I just like the idea because there is so much time spent in this game of just listening to them, like talk and speculate. And they're already picking up on like tiny movements or like when somebody coughs at the wrong time or like oh you took a sip of water are you nervous you look kind of nervous like they're already doing that and so to give them even more reason to like pay attention to the teeny tiny things that everyone's doing like obviously they didn't know it when Parv was trying to get someone to drink from the chalice but after when Alan was like someone's been poisoned during the day their minds are going off they're getting paranoid and it's just going to give them even more reason to in this season and in future seasons just be paying attention to every little thing that someone does and I love that yeah I mean I loved the murder in plain sight just because yeah it was stressful like it was not I was on the edge of my seat (laughs) I mean that's a hard thing to do like giving someone a cup it's not just like I don't know tapping someone on the shoulder like it's very like she kept she tried multiple times and it was also like an obviously old cup so just like I do just like give someone this cup um but she did it so it was exciting but that change yeah this, I mean the shield thing I feel like I haven't even paid that much attention to the shield except for when Janelle just like betrayed them and just like ran off to get it but that part I, I since I don't focus on the challenges that part did not uh, affect me as much um, but I also like that they recruited a trader from the start too. Like I kind of liked that too. So just to mix it up. So yeah. because also I think I don't think I mean last season they didn't know how many traders there were, but especially now I feel like they think it started at three and recruited a fourth, but it's only it was two and then a third. So I like that. 
Yeah. And they are so concerned with like, ooh, you were acting one way at the beginning and now you're acting a different way. Like that has come up multiple times too. So I like that they know that someone has been recruited. And then again, they're paying extra attention to like, Mm -hmm. you're being inconsistent. They're wrong, of course, but like, it's great. Yeah. And I think what was so exciting about the murder in plain sight is what you said, Anna, I think in future seasons, they're never going to do the cup again because that'll be too obvious. So they have, there's this idea that they could change it up or like Kevin was like, I ate everything. So like, I'm going to be dead. Like, absolutely. It's going to be me. So like, there's just a lot of um, options they have there for how to do something like that. But the idea that the traders can't just like sit in their ivory tower and murder from afar, but have to work for it, I think is a really interesting idea. Can we also talk about how in episode five, Kate straight up said, like, Parv is like, does anyone need wine, blah, blah, blah. And then she found out someone was poisoned. And she's like, well, I'm never going to drink from Parv's glass ever again. And I was like, she doesn't know that that is like, so on the nose. The call's coming from inside the house, Kate, like you, you are on to something. But also, weren't you so proud of Parvati for being like, I'm going to do this again, and I'm going to make a thing to offer people drinks so that no one catches on? We're not to the point where we need to talk about this, because I feel like episode five is really where the strategy is like coming out. But Stacey, you mentioned the shields and not giving a shit about them. And I agree. I didn't care about them until Peter, we're going to talk about episode five in a second, smartly figures out that you can use the shields to your advantage strategy wise, not just to save yourself. And I think that is what has unlocked the game for the faithfuls, potentially. I'm still not convinced that a faithful really can win this game. I just think the setup, the traders have so much more knowledge than the faithfuls. And this is a game that like similar to Survivor, but less so is like in Survivor, everybody has all the same information to an extent. Like you can have more information from your alliance or whatever, but you have the same like guidelines, whereas like in the traders, the traders know all the information. It's easier mm. to lie or manipulate or change or like do things if you are a trader. Whereas with the faithful, like you can sit there and defend yourself till you're blue in the face and be like, no, I'm a faithful. But once someone has decided that something is true about you, there's not a lot of avenues available to you to change their minds about that. So I think that puts the faithfuls at a certain disadvantage from the jump. I think, mm. again, I was listening to Lost Colts this week, but Bowen said like two weeks ago, he was like, if you've played mafia at summer camp, you know that you want to be one of the mafia people. You don't want to be a townsperson because Mm -hmm. the likelihood that you're going to get the mafia people is just so much lower. Unless like Peter kind of catches on to you. And I'm like, Peter, did you go to summer camp and play mafia a lot? Because the thing is you have to use the doctor and the like um which is like the shields like you have to use the doctor and the the priest maybe who can like resurrect someone they have to basically like whack-a-mole accidentally save someone to kind of get you to give them information like you have to kind of then use that what is kind of an accident like what peter has set up in episode five and we're hoping goes forth in episode six is going to be accidental but on purpose right like it only works. It hinges on them doing the thing he thinks they're going to do. So we'll get to episode five in a second. But yeah, I just think they're smart to not keep it the same, even from season one to season two. I think they made some smart adjustments to make it more interesting as a viewer, but also interesting as a player. Uh, can we talk about the funeral? Because That's another four, Stacy. But yes, we can. I know. Well, are we? What do we? Yeah, have? Did you guys have anything else? I was just. I was going to ask. Like, oh. do you have any other thoughts? 
other than like Phaedra's a queen and like why I was so obsessed <laughs> with her. The only other thing I'll say about the shields is that I, I don't know if we've talked about this before. I like that they don't have to make the choice to play it. It's just like you have a shield for one night. It right. protects you and then it's if over. someone tries to kill you. It's not like, oh, am I going to save my shield or play it the way that like immunity is on Survivor? I like that that's, that's not true. added. because It was just it would just overcomplicate things. But that's all. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Get in there, Stacey. Episode four. Yeah. Long we- funeral procession and. Well, I just like that the like even though they killed Ekansu, they didn't even well, first of all, Phaedra and Dan didn't even know. <laughs> but like they didn't realize she would still show up. Like I just feel like that would be so stressful to be like, wait, she she she's still because I like once Alan announced one of you has been poisoned, I kind of felt like Ekansu was gonna be like, Parv gave me a cup. Like it, it could have just like blown up right then instead of usually when they're killed you never see them again so i liked how she was still there for a bit although she did not gave <laughs> really me so much anything. anxiety though <laughs> yeah like i just can't i i were part of i would just be like oh my gosh like i can't even look at her right now um but then the funeral too that's you know last season they did the thing where they bury you alive or whatever so i feel like this was the remix of that i guess the um, remix but that was so weird like i just feel like imagine just having to like lay there and then they put roses on you for like who they think is dead like that was just so strange to me and then it wasn't even the right person Why? that was an interesting twist on it too of like they couldn't vote differently because everybody up until that point had voted for mj so it was kind of like, oh, no, like, we're now losing $20,000, which, Anna, you brought this up at the beginning. Spoiler alert, I think Alan's going to give them the opportunity to get all the money they didn't get again. Like, I know it seems anticlimactic, but I also just feel like they wouldn't have signed up if they weren't going to get the full prize money at the end. Yeah. Like, I hear I just, you. I, I, there should be actual fix. consequences. There should be consequences. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I didn't like about this challenge. Alan built it up as like you have to go through these different stages and answer questions to figure out like who it isn't and the more people that you figure out who it isn't the better chance you have of getting it right at the end but then number one there were only three caskets at the end so like they were gonna get down to three people so it wasn't like oh if you're if you're left with like seven people maybe they would have had to pick I don't know I thought it was weird and the questions weren't questions they were just facts like the first they one was were like just the facts. ones of you that are born in the same year. And it wasn't like a, oh, you have to like not communicate and just know. It was like, I was born in 1974. Was anybody else? Yeah, me. Okay. You won the round. Like it was so asinine and pointless. Asinine. <laughs> so- that by the time we got to the final stage where they were like, it was through them to get in the caskets. I was checked out. I was like, this was a, this was so stupid. But I liked the end part with the throwing of the roses. Like, that was a cool, complicated, strategic way to do it. But, like, the first portion was so bad. I mean, it was maybe only worth it for MJ to be like, my husband also doesn't know my birth year, so I'm not even going to answer the question. <laughs> and for Sandra to be like, I thought Larsa was at least 12 years older than me. <laughs> And I but also was like, that, no offense, Sandra, but Larsa looks younger than you. 100%. In what Delulu universe do you live in that you look younger than Larsa? She and looks it wasn't even younger. like she's older than me. It was she's at least 12 years older than me. 
delusion in the best way. I was like, this is why she's on television. This is why they also, keep it Also, the funeral attire and then MJ just in the white fur coat. <laughs> she said, <laughs> I, I, low-key people were like, she's a traitor because she's not dressed like everybody else. Like, low-key people were like, something's off about this. And I was like, yeah, it's because so she's wearing good. white to a funeral. The oh, fact yeah. that MJ is still here irrelevant to the game because she's from shaws of sunset too right and didn't we have yeah. what was his name last season reza 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 was like too loud and in your face and people were just yeah. like we gotta get rid of reza like he was the johnny bananas they're like snip snip he's too annoying mm. like goodbye and mj i was like did you learn from reza like oh we gotta like reel it in because you could not be less important to this show but they're all the they all think that he's <laughs> They all thought she was a traitor. And then when she didn't die. Yeah. Well, now they're like all low key. Like she's a traitor because she wasn't the one who was dead. Like she has to be a traitor because why wouldn't you kill her? Exactly. But also, can we talk about how one of the questions, Anna, back to your original point. One of the questions was who is Banana's most trusted person? Like when he left, who did he say was his most trusted ally? And I was like, if the answer isn't CT, Peacock just wants to not give them the full prize money. Like, I was yeah. like, what? This isn't a question. And it was sang at them by a choir. It took 45 seconds for the, the choir to oh, at yeah. them. For them to I then forgot about the, the choir. Most, the easiest question ever. Who was Johnny Banana's <laughs> most trusted ally in the game? Like, we're fitting syllables into notes that don't have room. <laughs> it was out of pocket. I was like, Oh Alan, God. did you do this? Sorry. That was wild. I forgot about that. Oh, yikes. Wait, so then who... Okay, so like Ekansu was dead and left, but who did they vote out that night? So then they banished Larsa and the episode ends with Phaedra being like, do not come for my people to Parvati. Oh, in the oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay, but Parvati was so right with the fact that like they were calling out Kevin for being an actor and she was like okay well if we're gonna talk about performance like y'all are performers and they were like we don't act we're ourselves I was like that's not what she said that's not what she said she said that that you are inherently performers and Andy Cohen and Andy Cohen has gone on record and said that that is how he picks his housewives so like Parv has there's no reason to be mad at Parv the thing with that I loved about this show is they were so so smart to end it on that crazy high of Phaedra being like absolutely no one likes you no one likes you you. everyone thinks you're a traitor I can't believe you would do this to me blah 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 and then immediately Parv shuts it down in 30 seconds the beginning of episode five she's like I'm so sorry that you're so frustrated by this I truly didn't mean it to come off as like I'm coming after you and like and she just so professionally was like, it had nothing to do with Defused you. Used it, yeah. She was like, I wanted to get out Larsa. I used my our own logic against them. And then you can see Phaedra literally be like, you know what? I did overreact. Thank you so much for explaining your thinking. And I was like, Harv? And then at the end of episode five, which I think we just need to talk about episode five in great detail because so many good things happen in this episode. Like I took the most notes on episode five. Like every other episode has no notes in episode five. It's like almost every minute I wrote something down. But this is how you know Parv is good at this game. At the end, Parv's like, oh, Peter told me this. And Dan's like, Peter told me that too. And she's like, oh, so he's lying. I was like, immediately. I was like, this girl is so good. And she's like, we have to, we have to kill an inside person because if we kill an outside person and it either doesn't work or something else, like Peter's going to have our number. And Dan's like, I don't know. I think we can trust Peter. (laughs) And Barb is like, you're a dumb idiot. So anyway, we'll come back. Because Dan Dan kept saying, 
Oh, sorry, we'll come back to it. No, end. no, you say, say, we can do it now if you want. I'll we'll forget it if I don't say it. Say Dan it. kept saying it's a risk I'm willing to take, or he was like, I, it's a risk that I have to take. And I was like, okay, but like, what is the risk? If, you, if you take the risk, it's not like high risk, high reward. Like the reward is that you get out the person that was targeting you the most, which in turn makes you look you. like a traitor. Like yeah. <laughs> His art. I was like, this man won Big Brother. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm. This is the strategic mastermind. No, Stacy, as someone who's watched Big Brother, I mean, I've he... never watched his. No, no, never... no, no. I just mean Big uh, Brother in general. Oh uh, yeah. Because people talk about the like players on Big Brother as like they are the best strategic minds in the yeah. world. My read on it, only having seen really people on Big Brother on the traders competing yeah. against people from Survivor. And coming out on the losing end of all of those interactions, I don't yeah. think the people on Big Brother would be as strategic if they were on Survivor. Like, if they had to play against people from Survivor, I don't think it would work. I feel like some of them would. I just, I don't understand his whole, like, how he won. But I feel like some of them would. Because, I mean, there's some who have very, very good people skills. So I just feel like they would mm. be able to do what, like, Parv and Sandra do. But I'm just like... Did Dan have people skills or was he just winning a bunch of well, companies? Janelle <laughs> said that his whole strategy on Big Brother was to like play the middle, mm. sit play back the, like, and like listen, like sit back. And then once the numbers were in his favor, so basically at the merge of Big Brother, like that's kind of the vibe of like that point in the yeah. show, then he just picked people off and won. <sighs> I see. So that is his strategy that he's now trying to adapt to this game that I I can see why that doesn't work like I can understand yeah. like you can't have numbers if you're not willing to have conversations with people and he doesn't yeah. have any conversations with anyone so it's like, like he won't even talk to um Janelle and Janelle's just like we I know I was like together. just say the name that Janelle says like yeah. who is someone that Janelle has targeted before that wasn't you pick them <laughs> just say CT he I just looked it up I guess he won his first time and it was like unanimous like seven to zero but then he was runner up the second time so he didn't win twice but he's clearly good at it though so i don't know yeah, like clear i'm not i'm not trying to take anything away from his big brother wins i was just like it seemed to get pretty personal because janelle was gunning for him so hard that he just was like you know what i have to take a shot and anna i 100 agree i'm like if you take a shot at bergy who was one of the two people who was very vehemently like it is dan First off, we as the audience know it's not going to work because he's the one who actually has a shield. So then people have your number in a hilarious way. Unless his plan is to say that, like, it's so much of a target. Why would I do that? Like, if I was the trader, why would I pick him off when he was targeting yeah. me? Like, that's a target. But, he doesn't but then that's so much reverse, like, Jedi mind tricking. But that <laughs> is the only thing I could see working. Yeah. And, yeah. I also feel like that would work if they didn't already have suspicions of him like they yeah. since episode yeah. three they've been like this dude doesn't speak and then they were like give us a name and he just said janelle because janelle had come for him so they've already been way too suspicious for that reverse psychology yeah. As, and i also feel like right before they went up in the tower bergy was like your name's on my chalkboard who are you targeting and he's like i'll tell you tomorrow yeah i'm sorry there were like why six won't he just do it but also, there were six people in that conversation. You're telling me that those six people in that conversation are not going to think that was shady as hell when yeah. tomorrow you don't have a name for Bergy because Bergy be dead? No one's going to think that's... <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just, he's dug his hole too deep of like, yeah. I'm being silent. The thing that's interesting too to me though, 
is I don't think Phaedra or, I mean, Phaedra, actually, now that's not true. I was going to say, like, I don't know if Phaedra or Parvati has thrown out names, but Parvati did throw out Larsa. So, like, they've at least seen her in a, she does talk with a lot of people in the conversations that she has, like, on the side. I feel like she does less of it, but she did throw out a whole name in the, what's it called, in the Mm -hmm. round table. So that kind of absolves her. Has Phaedra ever in any group sessions been like, I think it's so-and-so? I don't think so, but Phaedra seems to be the most well-liked yeah. out of the three traders. where, like, people aren't suspecting her because they're just, like, they're pals. I also think she's kind of padded because the Bravo people have kind of been hanging out together, and all the Bravo people have been throwing out names, and she just yeah. sort of, like, stokes that fire rather than yeah. being, like, this is my new name. She just kind of adds well, to the flame. What happened with, I mean, why did she vote for Ekansu that one time? Because remember, that's what then stressed her out when um, Ekansu got Here, let killed. me look at the voting history, because I think, I think, oh, wrong. because Max said Ekansu. Oh. Her and Max voted the same way, so maybe something, uh, I think she just threw a vote on Ekansu because she didn't agree with Deontay that it was Max nice. and yeah. Max was saying Ekansu. So I think she was just like, I'm going to vote with Ekansu. And the thing is she was so worried that when Parvati was like, well, I poisoned Ekansu. And she's like, well, I couldn't get anyone else to drink it. So Ekansu has gone. And Phaedra's like, they're going to make, everyone's going to think I was the traitor. And Parvati was kind of like, I just don't think that's going to be the case. Like, I think you're good. <laughs> like, I think it'll be, I think it'll blow over. And then that's like, everyone really breezed past the fact that she got poisoned at all. I know. Well, no one tried so to be like, oh, why did that happen? There was so much fanfare around the march to their own death. Like, yeah. I think they'd, they'd sorted out all their problems and assumed that MJ was the traitor because she didn't get murdered or whatever. Or they were yeah. like, it's yeah. got to be MJ who's gotten murdered. She was so loud at the thing last night. Like, the traitors yeah. have to have taken her out. And then it was Ekansu and they were like, so MJ's a traitor. Like that was all they cared about in that moment. They weren't like stressing out about why they killed Ek and Sue. Yeah. Well, and remember Trishel was like, I do remember someone offering me a drink, which I'm pretty sure was Parv. And then she was like, but I can't remember. <laughs> I, was like, well. I was like, Trishel, you are useless to this game. <laughs> you also low-key just were like black trans woman get out and I was like what did she do to you like I don't understand I I had nothing to do with that but I was like what did she do to you and she was just like she said something and I was like what did she say though and she's like something and I was like what was it she's like I don't want a drag queen to take from my spotlight so get out okay we have to talk about episode five Peter Oh, yeah. Peter. We haven't even talked about his plan with the shields. Like, we have skirted around okay. it. Let me start by saying. Yes. Okay, Stacey. I, I was talking to Aggie about episode four, which I, I think because of the poisoning thing. I mean, Peter is the one who says when Alan announces someone was poisoned, he was like, was anyone handed like a glass or something? Like, he just, he says very small things that show he's at least like observing and trying mm-hmm. to be more perfect. So I noticed in episode four, like, and, you know, me and Aggie have watched his season and like, it was a terrible season. (laughs) Even I know that and I don't even watch. I haven't watched since his season. Yeah, I think that was the downfall. He he was what ended the line for me. I was like, I gotta go. Let's never forget. He chose this girl who was clearly just like, I'm not 
like I'm very, very Christian. I'm like, not going to have sex. That's not Peter. Peter had sex four times in a windmill the season before with someone. No. He, he like tries to choose her. She leaves. He like chooses the second, his second option. Then his, he goes back to his first option. And then he dated someone who was like, he sat home like night three. <laughs> so like, he doesn't have good decision-making skills in general, it seems. But yeah, so no one really would think highly of Peter. <laughs> like that's a Bachelor fan coming on to this. But yeah, he just was starting to say some things where I was like, oh, he is clearly like has some strategic mindset. And then Aggie can go into what he does in episode five. I, I just literally, Wait, before you do, question Ari from last season. He was also from The Bachelor, right? Yeah, yeah. They were, Maybe there's something to these guys. That's true. Well, but it's funny because it's ones we don't like. Like nobody. They're the mean ones that people like, hate. Like Ari's the one who also broke up with his like the person he chose. He then like broke up with her like being recorded publicly and chose his second person. And now they're married with kids. But yeah, it's people who like they go back on their decisions and no one likes. Mm. Them. Well, to quote Peter. This isn't The Bachelor anymore. No more thinking with my heart. Only thinking with my head. And man, does he then come to do that in episode five. My favorite line from the whole episode, Kevin going, did they teach you this in pilot school? I hate him. He is so dumb. I love Kevin. He is. Him and CT are the best comic relief I've ever seen in my entire life. Like CT being like, I don't even know what we're doing here. I was Or like mimicking the birds today. The birds. That should be our like, special mention the bird challenge because it was iconic anyway so good so peter's plan we're doing the bird challenge which (laughs) is hilarious in concept six people have to go outside run to huts hear a bird sound walkie talkie the sound back to the house the six people in the house then have to run around the house find birds listen to the sound that the bird makes on its little pedestal and then when they hear the sound that they heard the people make they bring it to Alan and they say, this is the bird. This is where it lives. Cool. There's this whole thing where they have to decide two teams of six, six to go outside, six to stay inside. The six outside are the only options to get a shield. So you can only potentially get a shield if you're one of the six outside. So then it causes a lot of chaos as to like, who's going to get to be outside? Janelle's like, I think I'm on the hunt for a traitor. So I need a shield. There's this whole back and forth. They decide that six people are going to be outside. And those six people are... Kevin, Sheree, Bergie, Trishel, Janelle, and Peter. And then in teams, they have to go together. So then it was Peter and Janelle, Kevin and Sheree, and Bergie and Trishel out looking for the bird huts to say the bird sounds back to the team. <laughs> they did so a great job, ridiculous. by the way. <laughs> so ridiculous. Like th- This is what I mean. Like, so complicated. So Alan then tells those six people, there's one specific bird call that you have to do. And if you get it right and they get it right, then you can get the shield. So Sheree and Kevin and Janelle and Peter, they're immediately like, we got to go try and get the shield. None of them can read a map. No one knows where they're going. Disaster. So they like can't get there. Trishel and Bergie do a bird call, get a point. They find the birdhouse with the shields. They do their bird call. The team in the house gets it right. They get their shields. Cut to the end of the challenge. Peter has done one bird call with Janelle. And then he's like, we can't find the shield thing. But if we don't do any more bird calls, they're going to assume we have the shields. Because they know that we were gunning for them anyway. So the people back at the house are going to assume that we too got them, even though we don't have them. And he's basically like, actually, I think we could just spread some sort of like seeds of like, we all are protected or like, we don't let anyone know who is actually protected. 
to sort of smoke out some traitors, which I was like, that is so smart. Finally. In what, like what? But basically he tells all of them before they go back inside, they're like, Janelle starts to spread the rumor. She's like, we're not telling anyone who actually has the shields. Like, just trust us. We have a plan. We'll talk more about it later, but like, don't say who has the shield. Alan, in his infinite wisdom as a producer, goes, would you like to tell us who got the shields? And Janelle says, no, we would like to not provide any information at this time, which is very smart. And Peter outside says, all the traders are inside. I trust everyone out here is a faithful. So all the traders are inside. We have to smoke them out. His new plan now is he's going to, on the DL, tell three people that he and Janelle won the Shields, even though they didn't. He finds out it was Trishel and Bergie. And he's going to tell three strategic people, hey, we have the Shields because he thinks Bergie is going to be their number one target, the traders. And if Bergie actually has the Shield, they will potentially actually take the shot at Bergie because they the traders who he thinks are traders, which, by the way, are Harvey, Dan, and CT, which two out of three of those are correct. And that is insane. He's like, I told those three. So if they target Bergie and Bergie is safe, we know because I'm assuming they know that Alan will say like, Bergie, you were targeted, but because you had a shield, you were safe or something. Like, I feel like they think that that's going to come out some way. And then they're going to be like, the only three people who knew that were CT, Parv, and Dan. So that means one of them's a traitor. There's so much to unpack here. Does anyone else want to talk? I mean, it was a very smart plan. That's all I can say. It's also so complex. Like there are so many layers there. And I was just like, this is why people didn't think of this last time. Like, I feel like he had to have watched Trader season one and was like, we have to be able to use some of this to our advantage. Like the faithfuls just weren't doing anything to help themselves. It's like multi-step, multi-layered, but it's also beautifully simple. And the good news is like, because the shield only we assume last one night it's like okay if this doesn't work the way that we're setting it up where it has to go this exact way for us to learn this information if we don't learn this information then we're like it's a clean slate you know what i mean then you just start over and you move on it's not like if this doesn't work then okay it could be these other people and blah 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 like it's it is an infinite web but it's also like okay if it doesn't work it doesn't mean that these people aren't the traitors it's just that if it does work we know that these people are the traitors yeah it's so backwards it's just something that i think shows an improvement in terms of strategy on season one because very much in season Mm -hmm. one and up till this point in season two which we're not even that far into season two no one has thought about trying to set a trap for a trader trying to catch a trader in a like trying to catch a trader in some way other than like vibes because that was truly their strategy in season one like you kind of have bad vibes Mm -hmm. like we got to get you out and that i think has was last last season was proven as like that's not a way to win this game like if Mm. you just do it based on your heart you can't win and like that's the irony of this quote about peter being like i can't choose with my heart anymore i gotta choose with my head or whatever but it's like that kind of is the thing the whole premise of this is that you can tell based on action but in reality like you have to lay a trap for them you have to figure out a way to use the advantages that alan is giving you against them to catch them And so that's sort of my question is like, hey, if say, for example, I feel like this kind of came up in season one. So maybe I already know the answer. But like, for example, Trishel has the shield. Could she give it to Peter to protect Peter like an immunity idol? Like, could she give it to him before they go to sleep and it would transfer to him? That is the case. 
then they could do this same thing every night. Mm, And like, which is why maybe I think it's not the case. Right. But I feel like that's the only way to win this game is you have to do something with faking who has immunity. Yeah. In order to just be able to catch the traitors out somehow. Like, otherwise, how are you supposed to guess them? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, what is your strategy as a faithful other than vibes? If you can't use the one, the one lifeline you've been given. There are other ways to finesse the spread of like manipulated information in order to try and catch out a traitor. It's much more difficult to just do without some kind of like totem Mm-hmm. to make use of but like you could plant seeds if you thought someone was a traitor plant seeds with them that like oh this person's like targeting you and then if that person goes home then you know like so and yeah it would just be traitor, a lot more like, subtle and easier yeah. to explain away which i think is the difference like i truly i think the difference is the type of people that are on this show when they convince themselves that they've got it right and this person's a traitor they just go with it yeah. No one takes a minute to stop and be like, okay, what evidence do I have? Is mm-hmm. my is that evidence concrete or is it like I just have a vibe, like you said? And they didn't these aren't patient people. You know what I mean? No. And I think that is what's going to end up helping Peter and Bergie and yeah. whoever else is in that like little alliance is like they are starting to catalog facts rather than just like vibes. Yeah. They're trying to be like, I actually do want to win this game. I think if they can get Sandra in the crew of people actually thinking about the game, the faithful could take it home. Mm -hmm. But I am very nervous based on that preview that Dan is going to throw Parvati immediately under the bus in the next, um, not tribal council. Oh my gosh. What is it called? Thank you, Stacey. Stacey, the one part Stacey cares about in the episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but also they clearly do target Bergie next because, and it fails because, did you see the preview? Like he's in it. I didn't see the whole round table. I didn't see the picture. I just saw Dan. So I, because again, I was kind of on my phone. It was someone like posted on Twitter and they're just like, I mean, everyone's in this next round table scene. So like, so it's got like, I feel like they spoiled it kind of, unless something else happens that we just aren't expecting. They need to maybe not show as many previews because I mean, it just shows a lot of people. I'm like, well, you know, who's Well, here? because the only thing that is interesting about that next episode, no offense, Alan, is the round table. Yeah. The only thing that I am interested in or care about for episode six is the round table. Who goes home is interesting, but only in the context of the round table. I don't care about breakfast. Like, I don't care about seeing who it is. Like, it's it only has meaning in the context of the round table. So yeah. that's why the preview was only that, because that's the only thing I like <laughs> is getting me to watch next week, because I am very intrigued to see how it goes. Um, yeah. Did we talk about Kate showing up? <laughs> <laughs> the gag? Okay, y'all were saying you, you were surprised. So I Again, I knew, like, I already knew. It's on, How it did on, you know? It was, so Lauren, Ashley Beck, was posting and she was like, in episode four, apparently Kate comes back. Like, and on Twitter, like, a lot of people were saying it. So I was not so surprised. I, my Twitter <laughs> is just memes of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Thank goodness. Um, I thought it was somebody from Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. I just, I think it would have been smart to me, marketing-wise. Totally. It didn't occur to me that, we could even bring someone back again if we're going to i'm glad that it's kate yeah but with the new season of vanderpump coming out like literally tuesday and obviously all the drama i thought that it was going to be like 
Ariana. That would make sense. She Ariana. was too busy. She was too busy. She's, she's on busy, Broadway like... currently. She was doing Dancing with the Stars. Like that girl don't like, have the who time. Who knows when they filmed like, Kate, it? You know, Kate from Vanderpump could have been on. Like Kate from Vanderpump could have been on. Yeah. Any of them, really? Except for honestly, Rachel. Rachel. That girl's a villain. That's oh, a traitor. God. That's but, like, a wouldn't traitor. that be such a face crack? Yeah, and that's no. honestly that's what this cast is missing is someone oh. from Vanderpump. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Well, Jax was on House of Villains, so like you, you really are well, running that- out of them. They're doing other things. They've been all over the place because remember, Stars on Mars had Tom or had uh, Tom. Never forget course, yeah. Stars on Mars. I'd like to. And then, <laughs> the, the, like that show, what was that? Special Forces had Sam. They've all they've been all over the place. You know what? I will never watch Special Forces, but I love you. You so want to watch Tom crazy. Sandoval and JoJo Siwa go through military training with Tyler <laughs> Cameron from The Bachelor? I don't know. That doesn't interest you. <laughs> no, and then, and I get all my updates from Lauren Ashley Beck and Stacey. <laughs> I don't need to watch the show. And then Ariana did make a cameo on Love Island. She did host one of their dates or something. So, yeah. See, they're making the rounds. <laughs> but I'm glad it's Kate. Yeah, like, honestly. if it's not going to be someone from Vanderpump, yeah. I will take you back, Kate. Let's vibe Jack Allen just a little bit. And low-key, is it all going to come from this episode? I'm sorry. Him asking people to repeat the bird calls on purpose? <laughs> just to hear them make the crazy sound and him to just laugh? Oh my god! Why is he the best host ever? I wrote three times in my notes. Give Alan an Emmy. Sorry, RuPaul. Alan needs an Emmy. RuPaul has RuPaul gets one every year. Give it to Alan. <laughs> Alan needs an Emmy. He also wore like a straw headband at one point. Like that is also a vibe check. Oh my gosh! But yeah, yeah. Stacey Anna, you got a vibe check for Alan? I, you know, I had one as I was watching because I remember sitting there and thinking I should write this down, and I just didn't. So. No, <laughs> I mean, I like like very, very early on when Johnny Bananas was still there, and he was like, "How does it feel to be like second best dressed or something like that?" And Alan was like, "Back up!" He was just like, "Back up to Johnny Bananas." Well, the next morning when Johnny Bananas is dead, he says, "You know what's not on the breakfast menu today? Bananas." <laughs> <laughs> also at the beginning of episode five he said rise and shine my paranoid platoon and that was iconic he has the most unhinged things to say and i adore him but honestly give more shows to people with a theater background (laughs) i've been saying this for so long stacy why do you like the gilded age it's because it's full of theater actors okay it's because they're good at what they do oh my gosh the man knows how to put on a show a showman through and through hugh jackman could never anyway the greatest showman no it's alan coming anyway (laughs) (laughs) anyway um if you're not watching trader season two yet get on board it is culturally relevant. Just ask NBC. This is a Peacock only show and they put it on NBC this week. Like they were like, everyone is watching it on the internet. Put it on real television. Oh. So like that is iconic. So like in what universe are we making the transition from streaming back to live television? Like we've come full circle in the world of streaming and good for them. If Traders is the way we get back to a reasonably priced television, 
I'm all about it. So see you maybe in five weeks, which is crazy to talk about the next five episodes. We might throw another one in there depending on how crazy things get. So just like keep your eyes peeled and open. But we're so excited to be talking about Trader Season 2. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. pause between that word and the number was a little embarrassing. Um, but we're so glad TV is back, baby. And um, we'll talk to you next time. Love you, Mina. Bye. Mwah. Oh.